Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Thank you for downloading this week's edition of the Attacking Scrum podcast. Hope you've all recovered from Saturday's boar fest against Georgia. Over the next 40 minutes or so, myself and Dan Killick are going to be dissecting what was just an all too familiar performance from Wales on Saturday. And uh, we're going to be looking ahead either with fear or intrepidation or maybe a bit of excitement. Hopefully, Dan will be bringing a bit of optimism ahead of that New Zealand clash. Dan, how are you? Very good, Jed. Very good. Um, yeah, vintage, wasn't it? Vintage. Uh, <laughs> vintage Last performance. Yeah. What you can say is we're consistent, aren't we, against those uh, the Tier 2 nations? It's almost like you can predict every single autumn for us, isn't it? It's yeah. like... You- Particularly yeah, those can. games. They're the games to put. They're the games pretty, probably to, to to bet on, aren't they? On the uh, on the winning margin. I mean, uh, yeah, they are. Like whoever, like say Georgia had a plus sixteen handicap yesterday, which means you got whatever Georgia actually scored plus sixteen. So you'd have been laughing at that point. You can. It's madness because I heard something about the fact that Wales haven't put more than ten points on a tier two nation since Mike Ruddock was in charge. Yeah. Or yeah. Uh, no, sorry, right at the start of Gatland's reign, I think it was. Um, so uh, you know, it just kind of tells you how much we struggle. It, it feels like the the routine is you've got Wales will play uh, will play a, a tier two nation. We'll make wholesale changes. We'll wear a weird kit. We'll labour past them, or we'll lose. You know, it just seems to be the case every single autumn. Yeah, you're right there. I mean, and it. It could have been so different, couldn't it, as well, during during this game? I mean, I looked at, uh, after 13 minutes, we could have, we could have been 24 nil up. Yeah. And, and, and probably should have been, yeah. So um, um, that would have been including the, the Halamay Moss try that was disallowed. Yeah, we, we left sort of three three tries out there, didn't we? And yeah. And um, 
you know, I banked on the fact that we were kicking all of those trips. And, uh, well, and then that the uh, was penalty the as well. You know what I mean? The, the, the yeah. least of our concerns was goal kicking yesterday because we didn't really have any opportunities to do it. We didn't score enough tries to get conversions. And when we did have opportunities to take points at goal, we simply didn't take them. Yeah, I know. I can't, I, I can't quite work out what we were, what we were doing uh, during that game at all. I mean, game management or lack of is astonishing, really. Yeah, I, I thought this. I tweeted this out yesterday, and this has been my kind of big take out of the game. As you, as you know, I'm a big fan of Dan Lydiot, and he's been a fantastic servant to Welsh rugby. He always puts his body on the line, and he had a brilliant game defensively yesterday, as he almost always does. Got through loads of I work. Never in doubt, wasn't it? Though? Never yeah. in doubt. Got through loads of work. It was his kind of game in a way because you oh, knew God. the Georgians were going to just truck it up at him, and every time he met them there, and you know a lot of the time he was able to push them back as well. You know, I thought his defence was fantastic. But what I will say is that he was the skipper yesterday, and being a skipper isn't just a token, you know, isn't just a token gesture in um, in Test match rugby. You know, he's an experienced guy. He's got to make some of the big calls out there. And if we're not taking the if we're not taking the opportunity to to go for sticks when the game's starting to get a bit difficult and a bit sticky, then I think you know some of that blame has to lay at, at his door. You know, you had a point in the first half where there was a big conflag between a few players, and they ended up saying, "Okay, yeah, cool, we'll go for the corner." Dan Liddick wasn't one of them, and he's the skipper on the day. I find that really strange. Yeah, so he shouldn't have been man of the match, did he? To be honest, I wouldn't have had him as man of the match. I'd have had the Georgian tighthead as man of the match. I'd have had him. I thought he, you know, you know, they did exactly what we expected them to do in the in the scrum. They were, you know, they were destructive, and he got his hands on the ball. He looked to jackal every opportunity. I'd have, personally, I'd have picked him. But uh, yeah, I, I just thought that, you know, that's where you need that leadership and that game management from your senior players, and that was missing yesterday. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I thought they're nine had a good game. Lobs yeah. handsy. Classic pronunciation there. Yeah, I did. He had, uh, Dan, you struggle with the Irish names, so I'm going to forgive you any Georgian pronunciation. I struggle with my own name, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> or gel. Um, but yeah, no, it was, it was, it was, it was same old, wasn't it? Same old. We knew, we knew. I thought during this game we would have played, uh, played more sensibly, but um, we were poor. I mean, there tactically they were. They were a lot better better than us, and they were they were you know, fairly poor. I mean, yeah, they're not. That says it all, though, because tactically, their tactic was to uh, <laughs> drive off lineouts, was to you know take advantage in the scrum, and every time they had the ball, it was truck it up, one up runners. You know, it yeah. was. How did they outsmart us? You know, we're outfoxed. We're outfoxed by them, and you know exactly what that team's going to bring. Yet we couldn't expose any of their backs. Um. You know, we were just trying to go wide as quickly as possible, and it wasn't. It wasn't just. You know, we were we were shoveling sort of passes. We were kicking cross kicks wide. It, it was screaming out for direction. You know, get over the game line, um, and uh, and just you know build some build some phases, have some patience. Um, we were just forcing plays. It just seems and, to me that it's one thing or the other. You know, we either, yeah. We smash can't mix it, it forward. Can we? we smash it forward every single time, or we look to get it wide as quickly as possible. And I don't know what it is, but I would expect, with the calibre of players that we have in there, to be able to spot when there's a Georgian forward and take him on. But on on too many occasions, good, classy players seem to not know what to do. You know, it seemed as though they didn't have the ability to look up and say, right, 
this is the opportunity. This this one's on. Draw the man. People are in. It, mm. it just it felt really really um, disorganised. Yeah, I'm I'm just cannot I can't get my head around the fact that we were out we were outsmarted by them and and they're the that that should never happen against Georgia. I mean, you have to expose them in the backs. You have to play direct rugby at times. We kept on we kept on missing out, you know, missing out players. We didn't suck anybody in. We just shipped the ball out, um, and it was really it was really poor stuff. I mean, Vivian at the end sort of summed it up, didn't he, saying that. Uh, you know, we want we basically wanted to chuck the ball around, and that's what you know. That's what the fans have, have come to see. Well, they haven't, you know. You know, if we if we play if we play you know pragmatic rugby, drive it up, get over the game line, and then we'll see. And then we'll see. We would have seen a load of tries, which that's what the fans want. Not not sh- you know not shipping the ball around from from minute one again in silly positions. The thing um, that frustrated me is when you could see that that game plan wasn't working, and you could see that you know no one's being foxed by just slinging it wide at any opportunity. It was the lack of the lack of ability to go, right, OK, we're going to need to play this a bit tighter. And, you know, like I've said before, take the points when they're on offer. You know, when it got into the second half and we didn't, didn't seem to be making any real progress in terms of the game, take those points and kill the game off. Then you're going to have to make Georgia try and do something different, which they haven't got in their locker. Opportunities will arise. And I'm not saying you're going to end up putting 40 points on them, but at least then you can make... You can make the um, you can make your superior fitness and, in theory, you know your superior set of players take advantage of that. So I, I think the 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 fact that they didn't kind of react to what was on there meant that again we found ourselves in a really sticky situation right at the end of the game, and we could very easily have drawn that. Yeah, for me, a draw they deserved a draw. Mm, I agree because because of the way we. The way the way we basically played into their hands, um, and they you know they gave they gave sort of everything, didn't they? But it's we 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 should have we should have just found a number of their weaknesses and and, and exploited them, and, and tactically we were completely at sea, which is so which is I just find it so disappointing because it just didn't have to be this. There should never have been a seven point you know just a seven point gap, should there? How much of this was down to the wholesale changes that were made by the management? Well, for, I, it's always going to be difficult when you make when you make those changes. But if we if we played with patience, kept hold of the ball, um, you know, actually, we're, we're, you know, played direct rugby at times, then we still could have won that game comfortably. As you know, as I said, we we could have been twenty four nil up and should have been after thirteen minutes. The game's gone. That is completely out of sight. If you let them, you know, if you let them, uh, if they're close, you know, close to you, they'll they'll their energy, you know, they, they find energy from somewhere and they'll keep going and keep going and, and, they'll, and they'll build plays. But if you, if you, you know, if you, if you blow them away early, then their heads are going to drop. Mm. They're not as fit as us and it all, and, it, and it all starts to move away from them. So, yeah, we did make masses of changes and it's never the, you know, never, <laughs> it's never great when we do that, but because we haven't done it, you know, we missed loads of opportunities. That's why we're, we're in this situation, aren't we? But we, with the changes there, we could have we could have won that game comfortably and should have. I think that's a really interesting point. I would say actually that the game plan to start with was right. I think playing high tempo, taking quick throw-ins, trying to you know trying to exert pressure early on was the right thing to do. And as you say, we we could we could have been three tries to the good up if 
Cuthbert had gone over there. There were a number of other half chances too, and also the the Amos disallowed try. I think if that had happened, then you can say, okay, you're absolutely right there. Wales, you can see them kind of pulling on as Georgia try and chase the game. But because it didn't end up that way, as I was saying earlier, it's about being able to adapt and to go, okay, right, well, we're going to need to play this. We're going to need to play this slightly differently. Yeah. And why? Why do we? To why do we struggle with that? Sort of, you know, for, for year after year, we struggle to, to sort of, you know, for the senior players to to grab, you know, grab the team and say, right, I know, you know, we talked about playing a certain way. Now we're going to, uh, you know, we're going to we're going to mix it up and play, you know, play a different game. Like it seemed we, for a while as though that was a Northern Hemisphere thing. I think for a long time you looked at Northern Hemisphere rugby sides and said, okay, they they've tended to struggle against the Southern Hemisphere or the best in the Southern Hemisphere um, when it comes to those big clashes because they're playing pre-prescribed rugby. Um, you know, they're going into it with a certain game plan. But other nations around us have all adapted to that better than we have. I think particularly post the 2015 World Cup, they've all managed to develop um, the ability to to have more in their locker and to know how to how to play the game more instinctively. And we just seem to be playing catch up with all of them because we have that that one game plan which we're trying to shed. Yesterday was the ideal time to go back to a bit of Warren ball and just get over the game mm. line. You know, and there was enough. I think there was enough ball carriers in that side to be able to make some to be able to make some yards. You know, in the pack in particular, um, I think there was enough there to be able to to puncture the game line. Few pick and goes, keep the defense the defense honest, and then you'll get some space out wide rather than looking to do it. Every time our first phase ball. Yeah, I know. Yeah, he can't help but think if Jamie Roberts is involved in the centre, then it actually, uh, you know, given him the ball, then we could yeah. have uh, we could have come steaming down that steaming down that channel and then uh, and then shipped it out shipped it out wide when it was actually on, not on every single play. Yeah, um, I, I agree. But even then, you know, I think Scott Williams has done enough of that. You know, he's a big, powerful. He's a powerful centre. He can do a bit of that. He's got enough in his locker. I think there's more to Scott Williams than just being a powerful runner. But I think there are times when you need that. There are times when you need to be able to do that. And um, I also don't think it helped playing. Not that this is the bit. Not this is why the game was so turgid. But I don't think it helped playing a a, a blindside flanker slash a lock at number eight. You know, I think Seb Davis' best position is lock. I don't know why he was making, you know, he was playing as a um, as a number eight when he hasn't played there all season. So with the how sort of inexperienced our pack was, mm. do you think some credit has to go to the to the Welsh forwards who, you know, you could say fronted up to a degree? Yeah, uh, I do. I, I just think that it's the danger is always going to be there when you make fifteen changes that it's going to be hard for a side to gel in the space of, you know, in the space of a week. I think I would have had a more experienced pack out there. And I think that that then means you've at least got a bit of, con- a bit of consistency, some pairings who know each other. And then that enables you, you know, to, cause that was an exciting back line on paper yesterday mm-hmm. that enables you to, to be able to, to throw it around a bit more um, at the back. So, I, you know, I think we did get team selection wrong. I just don't think you can ever afford to make 15 changes and and expect to to have a kind of a fluid game of rugby. No, equally though, if if you looked at you know, say England put out a, you know 
a second fifteen, it, there wouldn't there wouldn't be a seven point gap with it. No, I um, think England have much more strength and depth than us, though, and I, you know, oh, I, yeah, would, I would say that quite comfortably. Yeah. Um, or Ireland, for that matter, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, potentially. Um, I, I don't yeah. know. I, I just think that we're we're in a position where we can't afford to do that, and I think that was a game where we could have used a, a few more combinations that we've seen before and a few, a few players who are a bit more familiar with one another in order to in order to get the most out of that game but it's not the coaches, a win that's what they that's what they would have liked to have done wouldn't have played you know you know played uh, a number of uh, you know got a number of combinations and continued it going forward so then you, you build momentum going from New Zealand game but because we didn't because we haven't we need we need to see a load of these new boys don't we mm. That's why we've been within that situation. You don't see them all at the same time. You know, I think you've got, I think you've got one game against New Zealand where you, you know, you have to pick your out and out strongest fifteen. I think you've got other get, you know, and I include Australia and South Africa in that, where you can experiment in one or two key positions. You know, he's he's thrown Owen, Owen Williams in against Australia, and it seems to have worked. You know, it looks as though okay, well, that's going to enable us to have another ball player in the back line, which gives us some other options. You know, that is. That is, you know, to a certain extent, an experiment. I think there is there are other positions you're you're able to do that in as well. I don't think it means that you have to. Yeah, I don't think you learn anything from what have we learned yesterday about any of those players. I, th- I they would they will have learned a number of those players will have will have picked up uh, picked up a number of things. I think from being you know from being exposed to that certainly you know certainly Leon you know would have been you know he would have. He would have gained some experience, wouldn't he? From... Yeah, I think he would have. Um, I thought, I thought actually that um, Adam Beard, you know, went all right. Um, yeah. I thought Corey Hill played well. Um, I think you, say, you know, I think any, you know, there, there were individuals who, who did well, but I don't think we learned a huge amount about anyone. You know, what did we learn that that Leon Brown is at a stage in his career where he's gonna he's gonna struggle against grizzled grizzled Georgian front rowers you know as, as I think Nick yeah but they do pick up lots though don't they from you have to play you know you know sometimes when the players you know hear some of the you know, the old head speak they learn more against you know more in a game like that than they do in in some of the other you know some of the other sides when they got a much stronger you know second row pair in weight coming through behind them and you know scrummaging hookers with them mm-hmm. and, and everything else so I do think there's there are there are positives to take to take out of it in terms of just you know having a number of the youngsters exposed to a to a tough game on that and it probably the management would have been fearful probably of uh, of an absolute mauling um, against that huge pack but you know first first forty minutes we you know we were we were right you know we were right in there and matched them didn't we but then second half we just we just got sucked into into their type of game. Um, so, I mean, something, something I wanted to ask you about. What, what do you, what do you make of the? Uh, so, on the fiftieth, by the fiftieth minute, mm. Wales have made ten handling errors. Yeah, it's a lot, isn't it? It is, and we pointed this out last week. It smacks to me of a side that isn't used to looking to offload and looking to to play a more passing game. And I think that's, you know, I, I do think that will get better in time. You know, I'm not. I, you know, I don't think we should throw the baby out with a bathwater here and and go, okay, well, we're only going to be able to play Warren Ball because I don't think that I don't think that's right. I think it's 
that to me is just indicative of a side that's still getting used to that's getting used to playing a, a different style of rugby and that should get better with time. But yeah, you're right, that's that's a lot of that's a lot of errors, which again to me comes down to the fact that it's uh, a side that's not particularly familiar playing with one another and a set of players who aren't particularly used to um to, you know, looking to offload and pass a lot more than than they have done in the past. Yeah. I mean not for me we're a load of those had errors because we're forcing you mm. know, we're forcing plays. Um and yeah, I keep I keep coming back to it, but it's just that it's just that patience we need, don't we? Yeah, it's sort absolutely. of like you know, we're gonna play this game now and and and, and that's all we can do and you you have to you know, you have to play and and mix things up, you know, play wide when it's on, play it tight, keep you know, truck it up, all the all the you know, play all the different ways. But um yeah, there weren't there weren't a great deal of uh, positive to come out of that, weren't there? And uh, I think you'd be pretty disappointed if you went along to watch that match. No, I agree. One of the big talking points, of course, is the way the game ended with the uncontested scrums. You had Leon Brown kind of seemingly warming up on the touchline when Thomas Francis got sinbinned. Georgia, of course, wanted to keep the scrums contested so they could uh, look to drive us over and you know potentially, well, more than potentially, draw the game. Did Wales cheat in order to in order to avoid to spare their blushes there? Well, we didn't cheat because we did. It was all, it was within the rules, isn't it? That's the that's the sort of that's the strange thing about it, isn't it? Because you can you can play that card then. So we you know we play. You could either say it was. Uh, it was cute from the management, but a lot of people would probably say that it's um, it goes against the way in which you know rugby is a good it's a, it's, a, it's a good sport, isn't it? It's an honest sport, mm. and that did you know the boys had their almost their, their gum shields on, didn't they? They were yeah. they were raring to come on. I mean, there's there's no doubt they could have just popped on the pitch and and and, scrum. and I think it didn't it didn't sit too well with me personally, Jeff. No, I, I'd agree with that, especially considering the debacle we had against France during during the Six Nations. Yeah, and, and we came out and slated that, didn't we? Yeah, and yeah, yeah, exactly. And previously to that, I remember in the the World Cup, um, the World Cup semi final, Warren Gatlin kind of taking great pride in saying that they didn't revert to uncontested scrums uh, after Adam Jones went off injured. You know, it would have been easy at half time to turn around and say. I can't remember who the, the replacement tight head was on that day. Paul James, maybe? I don't know. Um, but it would have been easy to say that the replacement tight head was injured and go to uncontested scrums. And I just think you can't take, you, you know, that's all that stuff is, is negated now because you've resorted to, to pulling a fast one against Georgia um, in order to, uh, to spare your blushes. Yeah, they, they were penalised, really, weren't they, Georgia, for actually having, yeah. for actually having uh, Francis you know, Simbin sent off. Um, I think they'll end up um, they'll end up changing the rules, won't they? They'll, they'll they'll look at this now because that really really went against them there, and mm. you, you'd you'd have to say you'd fancy them if they got the scrum. Um, they more than likely would have got a push on. I know we did win, we did win a big scrum, mm. didn't we? Um, and fair play to you know to uh, to win Jones, Elliot D, and and Francis, and I thought Elliot D was obviously scrummaging hard, wasn't he as a scrummaging yeah. hooker? 
um, and Win Jones as well. But what was what was Francis doing? Yeah, I, I mean that was just a complete and utter brain fart. What? Yeah, just it's worrying, though, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it is worrying. And again, you know, maybe actually that's one of the things that you do learn there. In and bizarrely, it's come from one of your more experienced players. Is you know is, is that ability to what Clive Woodward used to refer to as thinking calmly under pressure. You know, that's the that's the time where you you can't afford to do brainless things like that because it can cost you. Mm. And it, you know, really, it should have cost Wales. It should have cost Wales the game there. Well, yeah, yeah there's certainly the victory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I um, you know, when the TV cameras scanned around and you saw the uh, the Georgian guys all standing up and they mm. arm in arm linked. I just they they deserved that, didn't they? They deserved a, a pop of that scrum. And um, yeah, it's really unfortunate for them. I feel for them. Yeah, but, it's, um, it's true. I think World Rugby will make a change there. Yeah, you might be right. What change? What change do you think you can you can bring in though? Because obviously safety's got safety's got to come first. You know, you can't have players who aren't fit. Um, scrum, you know, particularly in that area of the game with scrummaging. Is there a rule that you think is easy to easy to kind of bed in? Yeah, you know, I saw somebody mention about the possibility of, um, say, a front row gets gets carded yeah whether you whether you if you're in the situation like we like we like we had on the weekend that you you could then opt to keep that player on so you but wales would have to sacrifice someone sacrifice, else yeah a, a, you know a backer you know a flank you know, whoever so um, so georgia in that instance would be able to say okay take off someone else yeah keep yeah keep keep francis on we want we want to scrum it's an interesting uh, one in a game like that, I can kind of see it, but let's say it was, you know, it was a different, uh, you know, a different game entirely, and you had full strength, uh, full strength teams out there. Um, and let's say that was, you know, all right, let's let's say it was Thomas Francis again, and Thomas Francis has done that against England, and England have gone, all right, fine, let's take off Sam Warburton. You know, that's that's a hell of a that's a hell of a, um, a disparity there to go right. Well, you know, you're gonna you're going to lose a, a truly world-class player. Well, you know, if the shoe was on the other foot, would we be able to go, all right, fine, Joe Marler's going to get sin-binned, but actually, can you take Maro Itoji off, please? Um, <laughs> you know, is that is that kind of... Is that fair? Yeah, I it's, it's difficult when you when you put it like that, isn't it? I mean, it just seems that in the context of Saturday, with that particular example, you know, you, you, you'd... I think it would be... It would only be it only be right, wouldn't it, that that Georgia could have had that op, you know could have had that option because they 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 scrummage for fun, don't they? That's what they yeah. want to do all the time, and you know they you, they were just so disappointed by that, and um, and I was disappointed as well. Obviously, you know one way else to win all the time, but it it just it just didn't seem didn't seem didn't seem right at all. All right, I'll ask you this one, and then we'll go ahead to have a a look at the New Zealand game. Why is it the same every autumn? We touched on this already that, you know, it seems to be like Groundhog Day. Why is it that it's been the same for virtually 10 seasons on the bounce now? Yeah, I mean, I've got <laughs> Wales versus Japan, 33-30. Yep. Wales versus Fiji, 17-13. Wales versus Tonga, 17-7. Wales versus Samoa, 19-26. It's... That was one yeah, of the can... worst, by the way. That was a horror show of a game, that one. <sighs> yeah, I know, I know. 
particularly because we'd you know we'd won the Grand Slam that year. The previous autumn was semi-finals of the World Cup, and that summer we'd gone really really close in three Test matches against Australia, or certainly two Test matches. So that that one was a particular horror show. But it's it's just an all too familiar story, isn't it? It is. I, the captaincy is is a is something that uh, needs to be looked at during these you know during these games because you have to have um you know your captain or a number of you know one or two senior players there that, that just says right we need to revert to a different type of play mm. for a section of the game just to just to take this back away from the team in which we're playing against because against you know it was it was exactly the same story against Japan with us flinging the ball wide all over the park. It's as if we there must be a degree of us um, uh, lack of respect, really, a little bit for the for the sides because we think we can completely change the way in which the way in which we play. That we can't go, we we're not going to go forward. Um, and you know, no side likes to say that they underestimate anybody, but it's either it's either, that needs to be looked at. Um, I'm going, game, like a, I'm going to sound like a broken record here, but yeah. I felt like we underestimated them during the game. I felt like there was a point where we're going, oh, actually, you know, let's kick for the corner here now because right. the try would be great. And, it, it, you know, it's great kind of looking at it and going, oh, well, that's what New Zealand would do in that kind of situation. But if you don't take those opportunities, as we didn't, you look really, really foolish. The thing is, would they, though? That's the thing with New Zealand. New Zealand's often often used isn't it, as, an, as, a, as a sort of example of benchmark, but they... They play really clever rugby all the time, yeah. don't they? They they build wins, they kick the points, and then you know if they're if they're twenty odd points up, with you know with five minutes to go, they'll kick to the corner. But what we think, do it the other way round. What I think they do very well is the gap only might be, and you know you saw them kind of do this against Scotland yesterday, and you see them do it against other sides. Is sometimes the gap only might be, you know, three or six points, um, but they sense that. A side is waning. They sense that they they sense the vulnerability, and they go right. That's why I'm going to the corner now. Is because I know we. You know, I will back us to go ahead and do this. When Wales do it, you just don't feel very very confident that they're they're able to execute it. It feels like almost a bit half-hearted. And so we, mental then, would you say we're mentally weak? I, I don't know. I mean, a lot is a lot is made about, a lot is made about this, but I I think it is just about being being clever. And going okay, rather than playing by numbers or just going, all right, yeah, let's have it, let's have a go this time round. I think having tried it in the first half, when that game starts to tighten up, take your points and win the game because that actually is a sense what that's going to do mentally. You know, it's kind of like you get in you get in cricket sometimes when you know one wicket in particular can change the whole course of the game, and or you know like when you're you're under pressure and you bowl two, three made novas in cricket. And then all of a sudden the momentum can start to shift. And a batsman who's been in for, you know, been in for four hours, then plays a silly shot because you put the pressure on. And that's what I think taking the penalty kicks can do. You know, I, of course I'd much rather watch Wales go for the corner and, and, um, and play running attractive rugby. But when the game is tight, you have to do things that are, that are going to get you out of that. And I think by taking those points, it builds pressure and it creates opportunities in its own right. Yeah, I'm with you. We should have taken those points and we should have, uh, we should have played a lot more direct down the centre of the park. You know, for instance, we didn't, we didn't um, exploit their centres at all. We, could, we should have had mm. Scott Williams and... Um, 
um, and Owen Watkin as well, running, running, you know, really together tight lines. Coming back against play to suck in their, you know, suck in their their heavy lumps. Yeah. And then and then shifted it out to to Amos who did who did look you know did look dangerous when he had a little bit of little bit of time and we didn't we didn't do any of those types of things did we at all. And then there was the uh, the attacking line now in the 60, 66th minute the overthrow by Dacey. I mean, yeah. How many times have we seen that? Yeah, we have. And it, he's actually you know he's a very reliable player when it comes to. Yeah, when it comes is. to that, and I know it's always it's always easiest to to blame the hooker for those situations, isn't it? But it's it's the unit, you know, they are those calls that you just have to get right. Yeah, I mean, just the line out itself, we've <laughs> we invariably tend to lose those, don't we? Um, so yeah, it was um, it was one to forget, wasn't it? It really was. Should we have a look ahead to next week then? Yeah, Wales to win. <laughs> Simple as that. Yeah, yeah, I'm going for it. I was. Uh, what, my first question was going to be: Do you think Wales have any chance of beating New Zealand? I do actually. I'm going to go. For, I'm going to go Wales to win. Are you actually? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I was right, round. Okay. Uh, I was round Victoria's um, grandmother's house earlier on. Yeah. And I, um, I would just had a little look in the ca- in a in a in a cabinet there, and there was a little a little sort of glass that says on it, on it 1953. Okay. I just thought, is that an omen? Yeah, is it? So, um, yeah, I'm going for I'm going for for a Welsh win. Wow! All right, well, that's, that's look, pretty big. Other than other than <laughs> ornamental omens and small, yeah, uh, I can't put it down to anything else. Trinkets that seem to <laughs> that seem to say 1953 on it. Is there anything from a more pragmatic source that you think suggests that Wales can beat New Zealand? Absolutely nothing, Jed. Um, <laughs> A lot of it's going to come down to selection, isn't it? I mean, yeah. um, what what do you think? You know, the side's going to be. Who do you think is going to be lining up together? Okay. Well, should I tell you, you the side I've gone for? Because I've had a little think about this today. Because let's be honest, after yesterday's game, the last, you know, the, the next thing you want to do is look ahead to um, to the next fixture, even though it may be quite a daunting one. So I have had a play around with what I would do if I was uh, if I was selecting the side. So I would go front row, Rob Evans, Ken Owens. I believe there's a, a fitness doubt over over Samson Lee, which is a which is a real concern. Um, really hoping that we'd have him available for this game, um, but I'm working on the basis that he isn't going to be fit. Um, so I would go. I would go Tom Francis, despite his uh, his indiscretion at the weekend. I just think you've got to you've got to pick your strongest scrummaging front row there. So that would be my front row. Would you give him a haircut? Before next Saturday as well. No, I'm keep... cool. I'm cool with players with shit. You happy with us? Yeah, just go for it. Um, yeah, I know a lot of people were were giving him some stick. Um, oh really? Yeah, a lot of people on social giving him some stick. But I, I kind of think I think particularly in the front row, you should you should have a dodgy haircut and mm-hmm. uh, a scruffy beard and some questionable tattoos. So actually, you know, I think that's uh, I don't think that's anything you can hold against him. I'm I'm cool with that. Into the second row, um, I think you've got to resort to Ball and Alan Wynne-Jones here. Um, I think he needs the, you know, obviously Alan Wynne-Jones picks himself. I think, again, it would have been nice to have seen Seb Davis get a run out at, at lock, which is his best position for me. I would have liked to have seen that yesterday because I think he is a really a player with with a massive amount of X factor. Like I've said before, he reminds me of, of Alan Wynne-Jones when he was at that age. 
and you know potentially a bit more athletic than than Alan Wynn was in in those days as well. So. Um, would you put him on the bench then? I would have him on the bench, yeah. So I would have yep. Ball and Alan and Jones with, with Seb on the bench. Uh, back row, I'm going for Shingler on the blind. Um, again, there's been some talk about bringing Lydia back in for this game. I, you know, I, I think if... I don't know if you... Did you see the Scotland-New Zealand game yesterday? I saw bits of it, yeah. I mean, geez, that, it was an incredible game. And um, I just think it, it did show that you, you have to... You can't just try and keep a tight game against New Zealand. You have to show a sense of ambition. You have to really go for it. And with that in mind, I think you've got to pick a back row that um, that's able to do uh, that's able to do a bit more. So I'm going for Shingler because I do think he's athletic. He I think they fear Shingler. Sorry, Shingler more in terms of you know line out. You yeah. don't. He's, he's a little bit unpredictable, which is some pe- why people, some people have criticised him in the past. I think he's he got more make... to his all-round game. Yeah, than, um, he's more of a threat, isn't he? Than Danny Lydiot does. He's a line out option. He'll get through all the hard work. He's spiky. He's niggly, uh, which again I think you, you know you're going to need against New Zealand. He's still, you know an athletic player, and against Australia he looked to offload uh, as well. Yeah, so I would, offload, I would so, have him it? in there. Um, very much hoping that Tipperick is going to be fit. So I'm working on that basis. I've got him at open side, which again, you know, he's he's not played a lot of rugby of late, but I just think you need, you know, you need those X-factor players in there. Again, I, half part of me is half tempted to play him at outside half, but um, <laughs> yeah, I would definitely, I'd definitely have Tipperick in, providing that he is match fit. Um, and if he wasn't, then I'd call upon Navidi and then Toby at number eight. Yeah. Yeah, I thought Navidi, um, he got through a lot of work again, didn't he, when he came on? He really um, does, actually, to be fair. And I've, wa- I've watched the Australia game back since. and oh, um, obviously I watched He was outstanding it. in that, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. I watched it from in the stadium on the on the day, and I kind of felt like, you know, it was a, it was a really tough brief for him. Uh, I, I still personally think he's a number six. I think six is his best position because he's... You know, he doesn't look that big, um, but he carries well. He gets through a lot of work and he does win you those bonus turnovers. Uh, so personally, I think I think six is his best position, although he's played a lot of eight for uh, for Cardiff. But personally, yeah, I, I, I do. That's a huge call, that seven shirt in this game, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's a big, big shout. It is. Um, but, you know, Tipperick has, has had... Um, you know, he's, he's got so much experience. He's played in big, massive games. He's a two-times Lions tourist. He also, you know, he spent, the, he spent the summer over in New Zealand as well. And I thought he acquitted himself incredibly well during those tour games. So I, I just think he is of that. I think Justin Tibbet, when he's at his best, is he's very, very close to world-class. It depends on what your definition of world-class is, but he's right up there for me. I think he's a wonderful player and... Um, and if he is match fit, you've got to get him in for this game. And again, I think there are there are not that many players that we have, as you said, who look that comfortable making the right decision at the right time. I think he is one of them. I think yeah. if he gets the ball, you know, in the in their ten meter line or at a particularly crucial moment where you need to make that right decision, do I pass? Do I take it in? What do I do here? He more often than not makes those right decisions. And against New Zealand, they they don't give you the time do they to think, so it almost has to be in you, doesn't it? It's innate. So yeah, yeah, it's a good it's a good shout on that. So yeah, that would that would be my pack. And then in the backs, gone for Reese Webb. I think he was one of the few positive things to come out of that game yesterday. Blinding run he had, didn't he? That yeah, gorgeous. That's just, that's just gorgeous his class, isn't it? He shows yeah. that all the time. You know, again, I think he's another one. I think he's another player who 
loves to play what's in front of him and he loves to that look was a up. lovely move well you can't really call it a move can you but a lovely burst by him and then the offloading was great wasn't it i think it was seb davis wasn't it, it took uh yeah, it was, took, yeah. Took, took, took the ball in close and I did well to get there and, uh, yeah. Yeah, I think, um, right. I think whenever whenever you've got the opportunity to pick Reese Webb, which I'm still hoping there'll be um, there'll be an opportunity to pick him next season and this Toulon thing doesn't happen or I just think you're going to need him. He's, you know, he's that good a player. Again, he is world-class for me. Yeah, Some, something will happen there. I hope so. Um, outside half, I've gone for Dan Bigger. Did Priestland uh, make you think or not? Yeah, definitely. I, I would have Priestland on the bench. I would yeah. have Priestland on the bench. Uh, I thought he did well. He showed some really nice touches. Great loop for the for the try. Uh, so you know, I think he did do. He did show some some nice glimpses. Um, but then I also also this is another thing that I found really strange. Why would you pick Dan Bigger on the bench and then have him come on and cover fifteen? Why would you not have Patchell on the bench in that scenario? Because he's, a, you know, he's played a lot more rugby at fifteen and can cover ten, or even, you know, shift Priestland to to fifteen. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, yeah, it would have been. Yeah, pa- Patchell must be uh, really frustrated, isn't it? That uh, he's not getting not getting any chances. Yeah, I, I felt like that's um, the game he, he deserved to look in. Yeah, well, he did. Yeah, I mean, everybody else had a go, didn't they? Yeah, seemed seem that way. But yeah, I would go for bigger at ten. As I said to you last week, I thought he did well against Australia. I thought there were some some nice touches, and again, he showed a, a sense of ambition. I think the the summer tour, the Lions tour, will have done him will have done him the power of good too. You know, I, I think he, he played in some really tough opposition against um, yeah throughout the, the whole of that tour. You know, I think he was unlucky. Um, well, not so much unlucky, but the fact that Farrell and Sexton were both on that tour meant that it was going to be hard to, to force his way into the team. I thought he acquitted himself well. Um, kind of at a pivotal point in his career, though, I think, you know, as Wales try and evolve, he's got to prove that he's got the ability to um, to get more out of his back line. Um, but I certainly wouldn't be giving up on him. I think he's, you know, I think he is a great, um, he's a great uh, test match animal. So I'd be looking, you know, I'd be looking to him and saying, right, we need a massive game from you here today, Bigger. And, you know, I, I think he, he thrives in that environment. We know, we know, uh, Gatland is a big fan of Priestland as well, don't we? The way he gets the backs moving. So I went, I just wonder whether there'll be, uh, there might be a surprise. But, yeah, uh, yeah, we've, yeah, I haven't got, I haven't got too long to, to find out, but you might be right. No. But that would be my choice. Um, then into the, into the, the centres, I would go with Owen Williams at inside centre. Uh, this is where it gets interesting. It is. It's really tough. Um, I'm going with Scott Williams. Um, I, to be honest, I, I didn't see. I didn't think he had his. I didn't think he had a particularly impressive game um, on Saturday. You know, when actually it was crying out for a bit of Scott Williams magic, or you know that that hunger he's got to get to the try line. I just think it's going to be a bit too much to throw Owen Watkins in when you've got. Owen Williams inside him, you know, two players who are, um, you know, don't have a huge match, a, te- a huge amount of Test match experience. So I would go for Scott Williams. What would you do? It's a tough, it's a tough call, isn't it? Um, I'd probably go, I'd probably go the same. You know, yeah. Webb bigger, 
um, Owen Williams and Scott Williams, part of me would like to see Webb, Priestland, um, Owen Williams and Scott Williams, mm. or even in this particular game, Jamie Roberts, which um, Jamie Roberts where at thirteen? Yeah, don't know yeah. about that. Um, I think he's getting skinned on the outside if uh, if you pick him at thirteen. Yeah, we'd have to we'd have to be very sort of uh, tactical in the way in which we played, but um, I, I I fully expected to go bigger Owen Williams and Scott Williams, mm. but it's so important that we get that uh, that 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 selection choice right, isn't it? It is, and it's just such a massive miss not having Foxy there. Yeah, it's huge, isn't it? It's massive, absolutely you know, huge. Uh, player of the tour on the Lions tour, and I think he genuinely scared a lot of New Zealand players you know I think they've got a massive amount of respect for him and uh, that's such a that's it such changes a the whole by him being out it just it makes you it makes you question sort of a lot of the you know certainly the centre you know obviously the centre partnerships but the, the the outside backs then you then you link the outside half and the outside half's key because if you've got if you've got if you've got Jonathan there you know he does he does tend to work uh to work well with bigger, doesn't he? Because he marshals it and he he holds depth. He's he's just so clever. Um, so I just wonder whether we might see a we may potentially see a a change at ten, but we'll see. We will. Right, and then into the back three, I've gone for Steph Evans on the one wing. I've gone for Halfpenny on the other wing, and then I've gone for Liam Williams at fullback. Is Based, he going to be fifth? Well, I don't know. That that's the that's the problem. I I hope to God he is because again I think yeah. he's another player that that they will fear and having you know seen what he's what he's capable of during the summer he'll be a player that they will they will definitely look at and and say right we can't afford to to kick loosely to this fella uh, so working on the basis that he is fit I would have him there if not then I think the only option you've got is to bring Amos in. Um, he looks sharp, though, doesn't he? He has looked sharp, and I'm a, I'm a big fan of Hallam Amos. It is just the question mark just seems to remain over his his out and out his out and out pace. Is he quick enough to play on the wing? Well, he was certainly shifting on a few occasions on the uh, on Saturday, wasn't he? Yeah, but I think you you find out exactly how quick you are when you're playing New Zealand. And he had a tough time when we toured down there in 2016. Um, you know, I think Dag and Dag and Ben Smith gave him a you know, gave him a, a real kind of tough workout there. So I don't know, you know, I don't know whether, but then can, you know, can you play him at fullback in that game? I'm not sure you can. I think you'd have to switch him to one wing and, and move Harvey Penny to fullback uh, in that scenario. But it's yeah. going to be, you know, it's going to be interesting to see whether, um, whether Liam Williams is fit. I just hope to God he is. I know some, <laughs> we rely on him, don't we? Yeah, we, we really do. We do, and um, and those bandy I legs. Wish, I just wish, yeah, I just wish we'd, you know, we get an opportunity. I know we got, I think we have got bigger problems than than whether Liam plays at fullback or not. But I just do think it helps having that, having him there as an attacking threat, um, because again, he is one of those players who his first instinct is to is to beat players and to go past them. But yeah, that would be my starting fifteen. What did you make of Cuthbert's performance? Uh, you can't fault him for effort. I thought he worked hard. Didn't he, he worked hard. He looked to get his hands on the ball. To be perfectly honest, um, I, you know, I, 
still don't think he's playing with enough confidence to to be in the Welsh squad. Um, you know, and I think it kind of showed again at, at crucial points. There was a, a knock on at the base of at the base of one of the rucks. Um, it's a little bit harsh the the try that he didn't manage to you know the whether the scrum half got himself underneath the ball because that was a great bit of defence but you feel like the best wingers take those chances and um, shift the ball into the hand didn't he yeah and um, and then there was that one where you know he was he was massively offside from the crossfield kick and I mm-hmm. defensively they, they they seemed to get a fair amount of joy kicking over to the kicking over to that right flank so I don't want to have a go at the break because you know I think there were bigger problems out there than um, than Alex Cuthbert but again if I was if I was selecting the um, the squad he, he wouldn't have been in mind to be honest yeah. yeah. You know, I'd still I'd still have had him um playing for you know, playing for Cardiff Blues instead of uh, instead of internationals. I'd have had him um yeah, back on club duty personally. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm, I'm just gonna start back a minute because I cool. just thought of something on the uh, in that Georgia game. You know uh, the, the 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 ten, Kim Ladsey. Mm. He um he he has not got a great kicking game, right? Yeah. Um, we could see that early on, and he's he a scrummager, tar- though. He is, he is, a, he is a great scrummager. He loves the scrummage, loves. The- <laughs> but we didn't, um, we did, we didn't, we didn't sort of target that at all, did we? With our yeah. line speed, the line speed was quite good, f- sort of further oh, out. But we, yeah, it just, yeah, it just comes back again, doesn't it, to the, uh, to the tactics being uh, or lack of. But yeah. I just need to get that point on. No, I think I think that's a really that's a really salient point, and we're going to have to be better um, in order to you know in order to to even compete with New Zealand. But I do think we'll compete because I think we have a tendency to get you know they, these um, these tier two nation games that we seem to struggle with. I'm not entirely sure they always have the biggest um, the biggest impact on on our other on our other games. You know, I'm not necessarily saying we're going to go out and beat New Zealand, but that way, um, I think yeah, I know you are. But I think the I think the the preparation that's been that will have been going on even in the lead up to the Georgia game, I'm sure a lot of those players have been training with with New Zealand in mind, and you know this will be this will be a massive test. And I think you just you know you have to up your game against New Zealand. Because otherwise you get absolutely slaughtered, and I think we've got to go out there and we've really got to um, we've really got to try and take the game to them. Um, but they're, they're they're so good at closing at closing games out and, and kicking on in the last twenty. Massive well, that's why we've come unstuck, haven't we? In the last the last sort of you know twenty minutes, fifteen yeah. twenty minutes or so, just uh, showing their class. But we're going, aren't we? Yes, we are, and we are indeed. Um, it is always a special occasion against New Zealand as well, isn't it? It is, yeah, yeah. You just think, don't you, is this going to be the one? That's it. That's always the thought in the back of your mind is, is this going to be the time we do it? Yeah, and it keeps bringing you back. But... It keeps bringing you back, yeah. Um, but look, you just you just don't know, do you? I mean, I, I haven't got many positive things to say about that game against Georgia. I thought the Australia game, there were definitely some glimpses in there and I like the ambition. Um, you've just got to hope that it can, you know, that we've learned from both of those games, and that there is an opportunity for things to click against New Zealand. Yeah, that's we haven't clicked yet, have we? If we, uh, if we cut out, you know, cut out all the errors, play more sensibly, you know, build our phases, blah blah blah, kick 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 the points when they're on. 
Yeah. But everybody but, has their best game ever. Yeah. It's a win. Well, that's it, and you know you've got to take your chances when they're on the table, and uh, you know it's kind of Scotland. Obviously, not that they needed to find it out, but they found that out firsthand. Yesterday, they played some wonderful rugby, um, but at times didn't take the opportunities when they're in uh, um, they're in the red zone. And you've just got to do that against New Zealand. You have to do it um, because otherwise, because they always do. They they will always score points. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's it, it is just an amazing game. I, I love watching. I love watching um, us play New Zealand. Um, because in a way, you almost feel like there's nothing to lose because you're so used to losing to them. It's not like you know, it's not like losing to England where you have all the 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 pain <laughs> of being bragged to yeah. by the noisy neighbours. It's it's one of those. I love watching New Zealand play. I really do. Like I've got so much time for them as a as a rugby nation. It's like you know, it's like losing to Brazil in football, isn't it? But um, yeah, yeah. But it would just be so amazing if we were able to to pull together a performance where. Yeah, we we're in it and we've got that chance to do it because then you just you just never know, do you? Oh, I know, yeah. I'm just dreaming about it now. That's it. It'd be yeah. so good. It's the hope that kills you, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. So, what do you go? What do you? What do you think the uh, the winning uh, margin will I be to Wales? We, <laughs> uh, I think we'll be competitive for sixty, um, and then I think their their experience plus our injuries will probably. Um, will probably take their toll at that point so yeah I think I think we're going to put in a you know a vastly improved performance um but I'm going to go New Zealand by 12. Yeah Wales by seven. Wales by seven god if it's Wales if, if it's Wales it will be by one or two mark my words if, if that is the, if that is the case if something happens it will be imagine the pod is the most tense finish ever it probably won't be a podcast if we win no, that's we'll it. Still, we'll, we'll, we'll still, we'll still be there. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's it. We'll let someone. Else, we'll let someone else do it. We'll just have it. Yeah, yeah we'll have a podcast live from Walkabout. <laughs> could be interesting that one. It could indeed. But yeah, we'll uh, we shall see in, in not well, too long. To, not too long to wait. Just uh, just under a week for that one. Uh, but let us know what you think as well, and you can do that, of course, by getting in touch on Twitter at Attacking Scrum. Thanks to everyone who who did that over the weekend. I had plenty of fun. Uh, agreeing and disagreeing with people during the uh, during the game and afterwards you can do it on Facebook as well Instagram if that's your thing or you can leave us a review and you can do that on iTunes uh, and if you do that we'll of course give you a shout out but until next week thank you very much for listening Podcast Network.